Sarah works relief. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. Yo, what's up? Monday, April 16th. It is your morning ritual. With me, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. That's it? What more do you want? That's it? (laughs) <laughs> Three things I think you need to know. Well, President Trump wants Comey in jail. Comey wants to sell books. Uh, Comey admitted certain things yesterday in the interview with Stephanopoulos. Did you see it? He says Trump is fit to be president, but he's morally unfit. And we'll have to go off on that. His, and, uh, and he said also his wife and daughters marched in the big vagina parade. What an FBI head he is. Oh, wait till I tell you about that. Oh, listen, I'm not political. Just my entire family wanted Hillary, but I'm not political at all. Oh, man. And Trump's going off this morning on it. It's just, it's great. We'll get to all that. Second thing that I think you need to know. Turns out the Red for Ed leader, you know, here in Arizona, that's the movement to get teachers more money. It's Red for Ed. It's not political. It's bipartisan. It's this. You know, the teacher that's leading it? is a uh, political operative, Democratic political operative, I should say. Yeah, he's a teacher, but he's also done work for Bernie Sanders, the Democrats, everything to take down Trump. Oh, do teachers know this? I actually, because there's a really nice teacher, conservative guy, shows up at the beer club, very good dude, and uh, he was talking to me on Thursday night about Red for Ed and saying how it wasn't political and everything else, and I questioned the union. And let me tell you, the whole Red for Ed thing, the idea came from the teacher's union, the union boss, so... Anyway, uh, I'll get you information on that. The guy's name is, who, who is the, uh, the Democratic operative who is leading this? Uh, his name is Noah Carvelis. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you exactly what he has done. <laughs> oh, boy. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, third thing that I think you need to know is, uh, I mean, where, where do you want to go? There's so much. So Trump knocks out a whole bunch of uh, buildings in Syria that uh, he says, and the government says, are chemical weapons factories. Putin and Russia gave warnings ahead of time, did nothing. Now Putin says there'll be global chaos if the West hits us again. Oh, really? That's, that's the, you think he's full of it? You think we called his bluff with the red line? Because he said he was going to attack us and do some things. If we did attack, we did attack. And now all of a sudden he's like, next time, next time's the one. Next time's the one. But there's all these different things. Now people are saying we didn't actually destroy chemical weapons factories. Who knows? What is going on here? Three things I think you need to know. And that's the thing. Friday was insane. By Friday afternoon, you get the inspector's general report about Andrew McCabe. And it proved how corrupt that guy was and why he deserved to be fired. It had nothing to do with Trump. Trump's not the one that said that he made the decision. He wasn't the one that pushed for it. I mean, McKay brought it on himself. And you're thinking, I'm thinking, okay, on Monday I'll have to talk about that. And then Friday night, we had uh, nonstop coverage here on KNST AM 790. Trump gives the go-ahead with France and Britain. And we start bombing Syria in strategic places. 
So that happens on Friday night. And then Saturday they go over it. And then on Sunday of the Comey book, it's like, what a freaking weekend. This is insane. It's just, it's not stopping ever, ever. So it was kind of crazy. Uh, more importantly, and this is personally the big breaking news, I just have to tell you about this. Last night we had um, a friend over for dinner because her husband was traveling and her son. And her son is like uh, best friends with my son. We're really good friends with these people. So my son and I'm grilling a steak for dinner. We invite him over for dinner. And if you didn't know, I'm a germaphobe. Wash my hands a lot, so my hands are cracked and bleeding all the time. Shut up, jerk. Buy some gloves. It's only gross if it's your hands that are cracked and bleeding. Use some my lotion. hands are clean. I thought you telling my wife. Oh. So anyway, um, really quick before I play some Comey sound bites, which I thought were just epic. My son and this and this kid Brody are playing outside. They're playing in the backyard, and I'm like, "All right, dinner's ready." So they come in, and I'm like, "Hey guys, got to pick up all the toys, bring them in." And I said, and "Wash your hands." So Brody sits down at the island of the kitchen, says, "I washed my hands," and my son. Grayson, the oldest one, of course, because he can talk. The other one really can't. Not much yet. That one's wrong with him. He's eight months old. So anyway, uh, Grayson starts flipping out. No, 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 Brody, you were outside. You're picking up toys. Your hands touched the ground, the cement. It's dirty. You need to wash your hands again. You need to wash them again. He starts going off on him. Oh, my God. You made your kid neurotic. Yes, and my wife and Brody's mom are <laughs> staring at me like... You did this. <laughs> and I have this grin on my face. And I'm like, it took a little over five years. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, he's one of me now. <laughs> I mean, he literally was losing his mind the way I do. No, 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 no. You touched the ground, though. You got to do it again. It's dirty. It's dirty out there. I'm like, this is awesome. So, Yes. Well, for his next birthday, I'll get him a bubble. Get in there. Get in, kid. <laughs> I love it. So good. Uh, it is so good. Okay. Where do you want to start with the uh, the Comey stuff? Oh, you know, just let's do number 19. Wait, this was like towards the beginning of the interview, and, and we talked about this a little bit on Friday. When you actually say this, does it not take away your credibility? Because you just look like a petty friggin' fool. A six-foot-eight petty moron. When he talked about... His first impression of Trump and what he looked like. Listen to this. Here we go. He had impressively coiffed hair that looks to be all his. I confess I stared at it pretty closely. And my reaction was, must take a heck of a lot of time in the morning. His tie was too long as it always is. Mm. He looked slightly orange up close with mm. small white um, half moons under his eyes, which I assume are from tanning goggles. Mm. And there you have it. Is that really that important? Hmm. Do you know Kwame, uh, Kwame, Kwaf? Do you know Kwame, Kwame? I keep saying it. Kwafi. Do you know what Kwame tweeted out this morning? Um, and it was, uh, it was, it was really a bit stupid on his part. Uh, so Kwame tweeted out a couple of hours ago, so you probably weren't up, but I was. Uh, I know I spoke, uh, tweeted, tweeted, oh, was it last yesterday? Okay. My book is about ethical leadership and draws on stories from my life and lessons I learned from others. You ready for this? Three presidents are in my book to help illustrate the values at the heart of ethical leadership. I'm assuming he means W. Bush and Obama. 
One serves as a counterpoint. I hope folks read the whole thing and find it useful. So this dude actually said, Obama has values and ethical leadership. First thing that came to mind when I read that was, I wonder what Brian Terry's family would think about Obama's ethical leadership and values. I wonder what the family members of the four men killed in Benghazi would think about the whole, you know, values. What about uh, the Wambiers from Ohio? Whose son was uh, taken hostage during Obama's reign by the North Korean dictator? Obama did nothing for him. What would they think? Bunch of crap that is. And that's why I thought this was a... uh, There were some really telling, telling things. Um... Let's do uh let's do these real quick. 22. 22 Comey um if Trump is unfit to be president. Listen to this. Yes. But not in the way I often hear people talk about it. I don't buy the stuff about him being mentally incompetent or early stages of dementia. He strikes me as a person of above average intelligence mm. who's tracking conversations and knows what's going on. I don't think he's medically unfit to be president. I think he's morally unfit to be president. Mm. So there you go. He's, uh, he's not medically unfit. That's, but that's the media. Remember the media? They're just always crazy. And they push that narrative. I mean, again, fake news. A lot of, you can't trust anything they say. But he says he's morally, morally unfit. Says the guy who, uh, who, who actually said, yes, let's interview Hillary without putting her under oath, not even recording it. Okay, good job. Good job. Uh, he goes on. Uh, let's do 23. Why is he morally unfit? Here we go. Comey, last night, ABC. Who lies constantly about matters big and small and insists the American people believe it. That person's not fit to be president of the United States on moral grounds. Our president must embody respect and adhere to the values that are at the core of this country. The most important being truth. This president is not able to do that. He is morally unfit to be president. Again, what about Obama and Fast and Furious and Benghazi and sending a hundred, how many billions of dollars, 150 billion, whatever the hell it was, to Iran, a terrorist state? Are you kidding me right now? It was just petty yesterday. I'm watching this and it's just petty and it's, it's, you know, honestly a bit embarrassing, a bit embarrassing. There's a lot to it. One more. This is, this was the cherry on top, 24, 24. We'll have more of these in a little bit. Here is uh, James Comey one more time. Values matter. Mm. This president does not reflect the values of this country. Yes, he doesn't reflect the values. Securing the border, America first, making sure we don't get screwed over in trade deals, getting the economy back, killing terrorists. You're right, those values don't matter. Uh, and again, we've, we've talked about this. I don't want to beat a dead horse. We've talked about this. Values matter. Did he not quite, you know, I wonder what Jim Kobe would think about the values of Bill Clinton having an affair while he's president in the Oval Office. Say what you want about Trump and Stormy Daniels or whatever. And listen, we all know he's not, a, he's not an angel. We all know sometimes Trump says some, some strange stuff. We get it. We get it. But he, turned, he tends to be right a lot of the time. And, and more importantly, we just don't care because 
we have finally as a nation come to realize we don't elect a saint to be president. We elect, we elect a person that's going to get the job done, right? We elect a person that's going to get the economy going. We want jobs. We want our money back. We want taxes lowered. We want security. We want, again, terrorists destroyed. That's what we elect. That's it. Nothing else. There's no reason to elect anything else. It's Anyway. We'll have more on this. There's so much more. His, his family pushing for Hillary, his wife, what she said was out of this world. Uh, and we'll get your take. If you want to talk about it, what you thought Comey was, was like yesterday. I mean, a guy that is just trying to shill some books. He, he, I don't think this helped him at all, to be honest with you. There's nothing new. It's all been leaked out there. Um, and, and again, when you come out of the gate and you just start attacking a dude for the looks or attacking anybody for his looks... Again, wouldn't it be funny? It's sexist when you do it to a woman. It's encouraged when you do it to Trump, right? His tie was too long. His this, his that. Ridiculous. Anyway, 624. Uh, we will continue because I have so much more to get to. I can't wait to get to this. This also at 640 this morning, we'll do the uh, red for Ed guy. The red for Ed. The guy that is a Democratic... Um, uh, operative. Oh, yeah. And then it, just to give you a heads up of what was in this uh, IG report about McCabe, because you know how the media attacked Trump for uh, for McCabe as if it was his call. The FBI themselves said, you know what? He needs to be fired. Their own internal investigation, he needs to go. And that's Comey's boy, by the way. Way to hear some, some uh, interesting details coming up in about five. KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Talk. 631, thank you for hanging out. Uh, red flag warning in effect again today. So the wind, oh man, upper 80s for a high. Windy this afternoon. Sucks for people with allergies. Sucks for pretty much everybody, doesn't it? My goodness. You don't, you don't think it does? Pull up your skirts. Oh my God. Blow your nose. Oh You'll be God. fine. 58 outside right now. So uh, this Inspector General report comes out. A month after McCabe gets fired, Andrew became number two guy at the FBI, and it says he lied again, lacked candor. Just say lied. He lied. He lied to investigators. He lied under oath. Uh, he did all that stuff. He did all that stuff. Um, and yet, the media didn't really say anything about this, did they? And I know we bombed Syria and stuff like that, but the media had no problem attacking Trump. He's petty. He looks terrible, blah, 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 as if this guy didn't deserve to get fired. So the Inspector General report comes out. Friday afternoon, before we bombed Syria, by the way, uh, Andrew McCabe is the happiest person in America that we bombed Syria, so he no longer was the top story, and instead Syria was the top story. Yes. He was leaking things he was not authorized to leak. He lied about apparently leaking things, tried to blame it on other people. I mean, it goes on and on and on. McCabe told Comey on page two of this report he didn't know who leaked. So Comey claims he didn't know about McCabe's leak. He lied about it. Over and over, he was giving Wall Street Journal reporters all kinds of information. So anyway, um, it, 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 it's not, I mean, what else do you want to do? What else do you want to do? Um, the guy's just a liar. He's a bad dude. He broke the law, lacked candor, which is lying. So he got, 
He got called out. He got fired. But again, what I thought was amazing is that nobody in the media was like, you know what? Maybe we were wrong. We shouldn't have attacked Trump for this. That never happened. Never, ever, ever happened. All right. So uh, I don't know what else you could really say about that, but it's, it is what it is. Just so you know. Now it's 633 on KNST AM 790. Coming up in five minutes, the red for Ed. A lot of teachers. A lot of teachers think this isn't a political thing. It's, it's just the right thing to do. Teachers need more money. I get it. I get it. But it turns out the guy in the teacher should know this. The guy that is leading the Red for Ed protest here is a big-time Democratic operative. I will explain. Here's Fox. Talk. Yep. 642, three things I think you need to know. Number one, the James Comey interview. Not really doing too much. Even in the Trump-hating media, they're kind of like, is all we got? Is the best this guy could do? There's nothing really new here. Um, it's not really going to do anything better by his... Um, uh, uh, it's not going to basically... They're basically upset it's not going to just damage Trump, okay? Alan Dershowitz called... He said about Jim Comey, he's a man without courage. I mean, this is not good for him. Not good for him. Um, so, yeah. There you go. We'll get to more of this. He actually admitted that his wife and his daughters... We're all at the Vagina March. They all loved Hillary. His wife on camera said she's pulling for Hillary. We'll get to that in the next hour of the show. Second thing that I think you need to know, we'll get to this. The Red for Ed leader, as a teacher that's a leader here in Arizona, it's supposed to be bipartisan, blah, blah, blah. Well, the guy that's leading this protest here in Arizona is a big-time Democratic operative. I will explain. His name is Noah Carvelis in just a minute. Third thing I think you need to know, this is actually a big one, too. Judicial Watch had this story. Nobody else locally has this story. The Tohono O'odham Nation will not let the National Guard on their land. Um, one of the most notorious areas for drugs to be smuggled into our country is through the Tohono O'odham Nation. They share about 75 miles of border with Mexico. But it says here, for according to Judicial Watch, quote, a high-level federal official working in the region said, quote, they told us they don't want white man on their land. The agency, of course, is going to cater to that. That's just nice, isn't it? Three things I think you need to know. So there's a big story, and I'll put this on my Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. I'll tweet it out at Garrett Lewis on Twitter. Two R's, one T. Otherwise, you get a meteorologist in Northwest Arkansas. I'm not making that up. He's the two-teed Garrett Lewis. So anyway, a big headline got my attention. Bipartisan... Arizona teacher protest is led by Democratic operative. Whoa. Whoa. Questions were raised last week. Now, by the way, before we get into this, why did this information come out? I mean, of course, I guarantee you uh, the governor, the deuce, he was losing the PR battle, came out, said, I'll give you 20% raise, didn't say how or where they'd get the money, but he said you'd get it by 2020. And Deucey made an interesting statement. He said he didn't want to talk to the people that were political operatives. Well, I guarantee there were some friendly media that, listen, things get leaked, it happens. And I'm just willing to bet that somebody from the Deuce's office probably tipped off a reporter. This is Brent Shear for the Washington Free Beacon about this Noah Carvelis. Again, he's a teacher. He's been the face of Red for Ed. Young, young-looking guy, skinny guy, red T-shirt, Arizona Educators United. Listen, my spidey sense goes up. and I. I and there was a very good teacher, really nice guy, conservative guy. He comes to the beer club for men. Very nice dude. 
means well. He's the one that told me that he is out of his school is out of paper and toner, and they have a month to go. I get it. He wants to make more money. I get it. And I told him my issues with Red for Red. I said, this teacher's unions are involved, all this other stuff. No, 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 it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. And then he gave me information, and he sent me links. A very nice guy. But I think that, uh, you know, again, I got to go with my gut on this. There's no way that this is not political, because he's telling me it's not political. It's, it's both sides, just for teachers and everybody. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Again, Ducey said, what I don't want to do is get into these political operatives, political circus. He was questioning the motives of this group. They say they're nonpartisan. Ducey said he'd work with decision makers and separate out political activists. So, the Democratic Governors Association, you ready for this? Criticized Ducey for mislabeling the, quote, organic bipartisan movement. Oh, it just naturally starts. They said, you label that as a political movement. Of course, the Democratic Governors Association failed to mention the ties this Noah Carvelis has with established Democratic groups in the last two years alone. Apparently, uh, as a second job, this Noah Carvelis worked as a campaign manager for a local Democrat named Kathy Hoffman. He was paid 3000 bucks. That's according to state campaign finance records. But it's more than just one race. So at three grand, come on, Garrett, it's more than just that. And again, he's supposed to be bipartisan, but he was the campaign manager for a Democrat in Arizona? Okay. Uh, he worked as a candidate concierge. For who? For what? For a group called Run for Something. So he was connected to this Democrat, Kathy Hoffman. He managed her campaign. Through work he did for a group called Run for Something. That group, Run for Something, founded by a woman named Amanda Littman, a Democratic campaign veteran who was the email director for Hillary's 2016 presidential run. Oh. Email director. That's kind of funny, isn't it? Hillary's email director. Does she know where the missing ones are? I'm sure she was in charge of mailing them out to people. Anyway. Um, Carvelis worked as a candidate concierge for that group, Run for Something. And it says on their own website, they aim to build a Democratic bench for the future. But hey, he's not partisan. How would they do this? How would they get a Democratic bench? By supplying down-ballot progressives with resources most small campaigns lack. So this Kathy Hoffman came to him when she heard that he was working for Run for Something. Can you manage my campaign? Carvelis explained in an email to the Free Beacon, she reached out because I had a Facebook post about Run for Something. She was a first-time candidate, wanted to learn about the program. We talked a little while about running for office. Then she asked me uh, about help for collecting signatures, things like that. He worked as her communications director on a volunteer basis before being promoted to his current paid role as campaign manager. Now, he also worked, according to his public resume, public resume, he began working last year as an organizer for Knock Every Door. That was a group formed in January of 2017 by Bernie Sanders campaign alums, led by the woman who built his national field operations. He's all the connections here, Hillary, Bernie. Now, this group, Knock Every Door, that he worked for, planned to do deep canvassing across the country and share data it collects to local candidates across the country. Oh. He volunteered also for the Bernie Sanders campaign in 2016, this guy. 
Yep. But he's, listen, this red for red, it's not partisan at all. You shh, shh. So he worked for this, knock every door, volunteered for them. What are they about? You ready for this? He said, listen, I'm not, this is not for a candidate or an agenda. This is just to get the political landscape in the region after the 2016 election. But according to the website for the group, they want to start conversations about the progressive change our country needs and pave the way to defeating Trumpism. Oh, yeah. How about that, huh? How about that? But hey, shh, not partisan. Just go with it. Go with it. So this guy downplayed the, ro- downplayed the role in the protest that this, you know, again, defeating Trumpism was doing. Uh, he downloaded his role in the protest of Red for Ed. Quote, there's a lot of focus on me right now, but the group has over 42,000 members, many of which are conservative. He wrote in an email, really, who play a major role in our decisions. He's just one member of a nine-member leadership uh, team with equal voting power. And he said the group has deliberately avoided any sort of meetings that do not have bipartisan representation. But he has uh, allied himself with the with Doug Ducey's political opponents. He's openly admitted the idea of the Red for Ed protest for all teachers to a Red on Wednesdays to show solidarity was Arizona union boss Joe Thomas's idea. Union. Yeah. Joe Thomas, union boss. In a recent interview, this Noah Carvella said his group has a powerful relationship with Thomas's Arizona Education Association and that he's worked with them to discuss further steps in a possible strike. Hmm. Joe Thomas last month announced that the Arizona Education Association was endorsing Ducey's Democrat opponent. So there is a lot here, a lot here, proving once again that this is not Bipartisan. There's nothing that's non-political or bipartisan. There's always an angle. There's always an agenda, right? Right? 880-KNST, 880-5678. It's always there. Always. Uh, I'll have a little bit more about this, about the uh, also the Tohono O'odham Nation coming up. Because, again, the fact that uh, an official is saying they don't want white man on their land. Again, white people taking it right in the shorts. Fine, what if it's not white men? What if it's Hispanic National Guard? Can they be against that? Why are you looking at me that way, Ryan? Can I not say that? Is that the why didn't say anything bad? They they were against white men. So I'm like, can we get around it? There's got to be National Guard that aren't all white, right? Uh huh. We'll get to that coming up. KNST AM seven ninety Tucson's most stimulating talk. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the word bank to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bank to two hundred two hundred. Yes. Hello. What are you doing? You're listening, and I appreciate that. It's Monday. It's April 16th. Your morning ritual with me, Gary Lewis, KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Are taxes due today? Don't. Tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow. I mean, don't. I have to. Don't. You want to? Don't. Hey, my tax? Just call Don. I did. Okay. And he's like, hey, uh, 
<laughs> I was like, Dodd, the taxes are really high today. What's what's going on? Go home to mommy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but they're not. They're lower now. He lowered them. For next year. No. For he lowered year? them. He lowered them. I don't well, know. Well, for the yeah, for yes. Let's just go with yes. <laughs> anyway. Well, and then he said, all we do is win, win, win. And I was like, all right. There's questions about Syria. We'll get to that. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, Jim Comey, his big interview. It was pretty much, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, of course, I have my bias towards Jim Comey. The people that hate Trump are going to go, yeah, yeah. Nothing was really revealed. He didn't really, when he was asked, did Trump, was, well, they have all these sound bites. Was, was, it, was, was Trump really in on it? Does Russia have something with Trump? Is he connected? He goes, quite possibly, I don't know. And he actually tried to give credence to the whole hookers and the peeing thing, which is insane to me. And then, he, of course, we'll get to this. His wife, he said his wife pushed for Hillary, wanted Hillary. His whole family marched in the big vagina march. And I have something to say about that. I mean, you, of course, because do you remember who was one of the, or, a couple of the organizers of the vagina march? And this is the head of the FBI letting his family walk in it. We'll get to that. Second thing that I think you need to know the Red for Ed movement, that is the movement that apparently was supposed to be organic. We were told it was organic. It was natural. It was teachers around the state. Red for Ed. They want more money. They're going to wear red on Wednesdays to let you know they get more money, and it's not political, and it's bipartisan, and it's all for the teachers. Well, I put a story up on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Radio. I also tweeted it. Like and follow me on both. Um, where... The guy, the teacher that is leading this protest, Noah Carvelis, has a history of doing a lot of work for Democrats and progressive movements. Ending Trumpism, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Volunteered for Bernie, but no, no, no. Shh. It's totally, totally uh, nonpartisan and good. and thing. Yeah, okay, right. Third thing I think you need to know, the Judicial Watch, phenomenal people, has this story. Apparently, the Tohono O'odham Nation will not let the National Guard on their land. And they have 75 miles that they share with the border of Mexico, right? They're 75 miles uh, shared with Mexico along the border. But according to, it says here, a high-level federal official working in the region, quote, they told us they don't want white man on their land. Race war! Yeah, there you go. They don't want and drugs, big time drug smuggling area, a hotbed for that. Um, they know all this. We'll, we'll get to this. And they don't want any white man on the land. Thank you, Tohono O'odham Nation. Three things I think you need to know. Of course, I mean, we all suffer for this because they go right past that, right through it, and they go straight to the rest of America. Anyway, um, let's play some Jim Comey stuff, shall we? Shall we? Jim Comey. Are you sick of Jim Comey yet, by the way? You think it's stupid? I get, I'm pointing out the things that are just... I thought what he said, some of it was hypocritical. Very interesting. Uh, he said yesterday, if you watched it at all, one, of the, one thing I, that caught my attention is he said that the primary job for the FBI is domestic terrorism. And I thought that was very interesting, considering what he also said during this interview... Um, let's do number 26, number 26, James Comey, former head of the FBI till Trump fired him and Trump, well, I should read some of Trump's tweets about him too, because he did some more. Anyway, uh, listen to this. Here we go. My wife and girls marched in the women's march the day after President Trump's inauguration. At least my four daughters, probably all five of my kids wanted Hillary Clinton to be the first woman president. I know my amazing spouse did. 
I wanted a woman president really badly, and oh. I supported Hillary Clinton. A lot of my friends worked for her, oh. and uh, I was devastated when she lost. Wow, a lot of the friends, so the friends, a lot of people are back. Hillary, and it was Jim's wife, Patrice. She wanted Hillary. The whole family wants Hillary. They're in Jim's ear. I'm sure it had no influence on him whatsoever because he's just a down the middle, you know, by the book guy, right? Yeah. Uh huh. They marched in the friggin' vagina march. The Comey family, Sans Comey, because he's the head of the FBI. And again, let me let me remind you. In this interview, he mentioned at one point during the hour-long interview, the primary job of the FBI, like he was going to brief Trump first to let him know about domestic terrorism, because it's the primary job of the FBI. And then he has no problem with his family going to the Vagina March, where the organizers of it are left-wing wackos, terrorists, and terrorist apologists. Shouldn't he know that as the head of the FBI? That's the first thing that came to me. Shouldn't he have known this? I'll give you an example. Razmi O'Deh. O-D-E-H. Razmi O'Deh. A women's march organizer. Convicted in 1970 of two bombings in Jerusalem. One of the bombings killed two men at a supermarket. She pled guilty to the charges although she has since made unproven claims that she was tortured into confessing. She was one of the key organizers of the Day Without a Woman Worldwide Strike, the Vagina March, you name it, everything else. Sentenced to life in prison in 1979. She was released, though. Prisoner swap, blah, 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 with the, with the Palestinians. Uh, by the way, she also, uh, in 1994, applied for a U.S. visa without mentioning her criminal convictions. As was mandated, she applied for citizenship in 2004. Failed to mention her prior convictions, but she still was made a citizen. So what a system we have. In 2014, she was convicted of lying, but the conviction was overturned. Instead of having a second trial, she made a deal with U.S. officials to plead guilty to misleading American immigration officials. Under the deal, she wouldn't go to prison, but lose her American citizenship and be deported. So she was deported. U.S. District Judge Gershwin Drain in 2015 tried to give her an excuse. Quote, technically, she was a terrorist. But looking at her recent history, I'm convinced she's really been involved in a lot of good works. But, I mean, technically, she's a terrorist. Oh, there you go. Women's March organizer. Convicted terrorist. Yep. Yep. She's not the first convicted terrorist to receive support from the organizers of the Women's March. They also celebrated Asada Shakur, convicted in 1977 of killing a police officer before escaping from prison and fleeing to Cuba. And uh, the head of the FBI, whose primary job is domestic terrorism, his whole family's out there marching in the vagina march. Well, it's not the only one. Linda Sarsour. Linda Sarsour. Do you remember her? She loves jihad. She was also one of the organizers. And it says here, I mean, maybe she was the, like, top dog. National Review had a story on her. The jihad-loving left loves Linda Sarsour. She loves jihad. Oh, she's all about it. She hates this country. Democrats love her. These chicks loved her, apparently. Uh, And she, one of the organizers, one of, like, the king organizers of the Women's March. 
So you have James Comey, the head of the FBI, who apparently is supposed to know about all the domestic terrorist threats, probably domestic terrorists. Probably, I'm sure it came to him that there was going to be this big women's march and probably got briefed on who the organizers were, and he should have recognized they were been told that the people in charge of it, terrorists, terrorist sympathizers, terrorist apologists, you name it, and he probably should have said, hey, honey, since I'm the head of the FBI, probably not a good look for you and the kids to go to the vagina march. Maybe you should sit this one out. Nub didn't say that. Good, good guy. Good guy. You want to hear one of the other funniest things that, uh, that he said in the interview? Let's do 28. 28's a good one. I love me some 28. Here we go. Jim Comey, ABC, go. Can you assure people that the Obama Justice Department was not protecting Hillary Clinton? Yes. The FBI drove this investigation, and we did it in a competent and independent way. I would bet my life on that. Be careful. Wow. So, uh, they didn't protect Hillary. I mean, the head of the DOJ, his boss, Loretta Lynch, met on a tarmac in Phoenix at Sky Harbor with Hillary's husband to talk about grandkids, golf. No protection. What's up? No, 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 no. Uh, Why didn't Hillary turn over the servers? Shh, no protection. Why was Hillary interviewed without being under oath and have it not recorded? Shh, you be quiet. You be quiet. Oh, it gets even better. Because you do remember he also wrote Hillary's exoneration letter before they actually interviewed her, right? So before they even asked her probing questions, they said she was innocent. George Stephanopoulos actually asked about this. Listen, here we go. President Trump says you were writing the, the conclusion even before you interviewed Hillary Clinton. That is just wrong. Anybody who's actually done investigations knows that if you've been investigating something for almost a year and you don't have a general sense of where it's likely to end up, you should be fired. Because you're incompetent. So that's the reasoning as to why he wrote the exoneration letter before they actually interviewed the key witness, the key person, the person being investigated. Don't give me this matter stuff. Holy smokes. Are you really? I already knew she was innocent before we talked to her. Even though then you came out, of course, afterward. And uh, said that uh, she was careless. I mean, everything else. You basically convicted her publicly. Um, Even better, number 30, uh, Stephanopoulos actually asked, you know, what's up with the informal interview instead of going to a grand jury? Here's Comey. Here we go. And to those who say you should have brought Hillary Clinton before a grand jury? We would prefer with a subject of an investigation to do an informal interview. A lot more flexibility there. They're still required to tell the truth. Oh, they're required. Not under oath. Require, I mean, it's, I didn't know this was a comedy interview that we were watching last night on ABC. Comedy. Mm-hmm. She's still required to tell the truth. Be crazy. 880-KNST, 880-5678. Now, why did this, this is even the best, too, right? Um, 
the stuff that this guy said was absolutely incredible. By the way, what'd you think of the interview? What'd you think? Waste of time. I thought it was worse than I thought it was going to be. Be only only for him. There was literally nothing in this. He did talk again. You got to hear exactly what he said about the possibility that Russia has something on Trump. Oh wow, that and um, why he did come forward to say that Hillary was under investigation, made every demand. You got to hear all those things. It is coming up. Don't you go anywhere. We'll get to it in five. KNST AM seven ninety Tucson's most stimulating talk. Leading talk. 727 on this Monday, April 16th. How you doing? You have a good weekend? We'll talk about the bombing of Syria. I put a whole bunch of questions up on my Facebook page Friday night. Some people liked it. Some people were mad. It's okay. It's what happens. Comes with the territory. Facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like and follow it and you could see those questions. Simple as that. Uh, It is going to be sunny and a high of about 88, 89 or so today. Windy this afternoon. The red flag alert is up there, so watch out for that. 880-KNST, 880-5678. Let's continue. We have this uh, James Comey soundbite. Some of these are just unbelievable. 25, let's do 25. Uh, It's been a long time about the Russia investigation. And again, Comey's the one. We played this on Saturday. I'm sorry, we played this on Friday. The fact that Comey never, ever, ever, we should probably play it again. We should probably play it again. Let's play number 14 real fast. One thing that Comey left out, which was, a, I think, a key part of everything involved in the dossier and everything else. Listen, here we go. Did you tell him that the Steele dossier had been financed by his political opponents? No. I didn't, I didn't even think I used the term Steele dossier. I just talked about additional material. Did, but did he have a right to know that? That had been financed by his political opponents? I don't know the answer to that. What? It, I, it wasn't necessary for my goal, which was to alert him that we had this information. And remember, George Stephanopoulos was the press secretary for Bill Clinton. It was, it was, I don't know the answer to that. Oh, really? You don't, okay, let's, let's jump ahead. 25. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I can't speculate, but I'll speculate about Russia. Jim Comey, last night, ABC, here we go. Do you think the Russians have something on Donald Trump? I think it's possible. I don't know. These are more words I never thought I'd utter about a president of the United States, but it's possible. That's stunning. You can't say for certain that the president of the United States is not compromised by the Russians. Yeah, it is stunning, and I wish I wasn't saying it, but it's just, it's the truth. It always struck me and still strikes me as unlikely, and I would have been able to say with high confidence about any other president I dealt with, but I can't. It's possible. Are you kidding me? You're kidding me. I can't. It's uh, anybody else. Uh huh. Because again, let me just tell you. Let's play number 22. Let's just go back. If you missed it, 22. This is where I was like, you got to be kidding me, dude. This is, I mean, I, when he started making fun of Trump's looks, that's one thing. And it just shows you're, you know, you're, you're, it's like what radio people like me do, and it's just bad. You have no credibility. This is what James Comey said about Trump um, not being able to morally be fit to be president. Here we go. Yes, but not in the way I often hear people talk about it. I don't buy the stuff about him being mentally incompetent or early stages of dementia. He strikes me as a person of above average intelligence who's tracking conversations and knows what's going on. I don't Mm. think he's medically unfit to be president. I think he's morally unfit to be president. 
again, uh, ask Obama or the the Brian Terry family, ask the victims, uh, uh, the family who, who lost people in Benghazi, the lies, the lies, the lies. I mean, Obama literally sent out Susan Rice to lie about what caused Benghazi. That was a total moral thing to do, wasn't it? But Trump's the guy that's not fit to be president, not because he's crazy, because he's not. He's above average intelligence. He has everything about him. And oh, yeah, I mean, smart guy. He's just not there morally. Not there morally. Says the guy who's the leaker, by the way. He I mean, he's a flat out leaker. He, oh, this, this, let's get to this too. We have all these. Number 20, James Comey, last night, ABC. This is another big one. Here we go. He made a controversial decision to leak his memos to a friend who read them to the New York Times. President's tweeted innumerable times calling you a leaker. Well, what's your response to President Trump? Look, it's true. I mean, I'm the one who testified about it. That's how people know about it. I gave that unclassified memo to my ah. friend and asked him to give it to a reporter. That is entirely appropriate. Oh, it totally is. And this is the best part right here. Now, why? This is a good question. From, by the way, Stephanopoulos could have asked a question when he was talking about Hillary. Did Hillary break the law? But he didn't ask that question, did he? Anyway, let's go with uh, 21 really quick. Why didn't he give the memos himself to the press? Here we go. For one very practical reason, at the end of my driveway was a horde of media. And my thought was, if I give it to one reporter... Then what's my answer to all the others about why I won't answer their questions? Well, why did you give George Stephanopoulos an exclusive? So it's okay to give one reporter, alleged reporter, George Stephanopoulos, an exclusive. The first one. That's just the way it is. But you can't give a memo to one reporter yourself because you're afraid the rest of them are going to be mad at you? Wow. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, and real, real quick, this is the last one I'm going to play for now. 27. 27 uh, on why he came out and said Hillary was being investigated. He didn't have to do that, blah, blah, blah. Listen, here we go. At some level, wasn't the decision to reveal influenced by your assumption that Hillary Clinton was going to win and your concern that she wins? This comes out several weeks later, and then that's taken by her opponents to sign that she's an illegitimate president it must have been i don't remember consciously thinking about that but it must have been because i was mm. operating in a world where hillary clinton was going to beat donald trump and so i'm sure that it that it was a factor like i said i don't remember spelling it out but it had to have been that that she's going to be elected president and if i hide this from the american people she'll be illegitimate the moment she's elected the moment this comes out and then we we're trying to do to trump so I had to say it. I had to do it. It, it just had to happen. It had to happen. Uh, by the way, and we've got to take a quick break, but um, the fact that, that he said that we had to, and I was sick to my stomach that maybe we had some kind of influence on the election. They still don't get it. They still don't realize that people actually didn't want the same old crap. We wanted jobs and the border to be secure. That's what we wanted. That's it. They still don't get it. He thinks that he had some kind of an impact on them. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. And this morning, Robbie Mook, Hillary's campaign manager, was making statements. People didn't come out and vote for Hillary because they already thought she was going to win. And, um, and and Comey's like, I was working. I was assuming under the polling. Hillary's going to win. I had to say this. She was going to win in Lance. Oh, yeah, she was ahead. 
Everybody thought she was going to win. Not everybody. 735. We'll have more. 880-KNST, 880-5678. But you have to hear about what, how a woman defended herself when a guy with a machete or a hatchet or something like that tried to carjack her here, right here in Tucson. That's coming up in five. Here's Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different. 743. I was, I was showing you it was different. Yeah, I know. Thank you. You're welcome. You are different. Three things I think you need to know. Thank you. You're welcome. Number one, the Jim Comey interview really hasn't had much of an effect on Trump except maybe to help him. Help him. I got emails. This is the final nail in the coffin for the media. I mean, what a, all these questions you know, that, uh, that Stephanopoulos could have asked. Anyway, um, Comey admits his whole family backed Hillary. They were doing it for Hillary. They even walked in the vagina march. Uh, I mean, all this stuff going on. And on top of that, the latest Rasmussen poll has Trump at 51% approval. 51! He's ticking up again from 50 last week. Second thing that I think you need to know, uh, Red for Ed. That's the movement, the Arizona teachers movement, where they want more money. Every Wednesday, they dress in red and blah, blah, blah. And we're being told it's nonpartisan and it's all for teachers. Well, I have a story on my Facebook page, and I tweeted it out, that the teacher that's really, uh, Noah Carvelis is his name, Carvelis, not Carvel. Anyway, Carvelis, he is a teacher that is the face of this, and he also has done a lot of work for big-time progressive uh, organizations, managed a campaign for a Democratic uh, politician, and on top of that, uh, volunteered for Bernie. I mean, he's done all kinds of wacky stuff. It ain't down the middle. Let's put it that way. Third thing I think you need to know, Judicial Watch. And I'll put this on my Facebook page. Judicial Watch broke this story. Tohono Odom Nation, right here, sharing 75 miles of border with Mexico, will not let the National Guard on their land. We'll talk more about this at 810. We'll not, we'll not do that because, quote, they, they don't want white man on their land, said a high-level federal official working in the region. High-intensity drug trafficking area, and they don't want white man on their land, so no National Guard. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, and we, I know you're mad about that. We'll, we will get to that. Uh, also, this is a big deal. You hear what happened? There's a story in the local paper over the, um, over the weekend. Woman. Carjacked. Right here in Tucson. Right? Um, and you know how uh, Chief Magnus, Tucson Police Chief Magnus, I mean, he doesn't want people to have firearms. So it's, no, Garrett, you're taking that out of context. You're putting words in my mouth. Blah, blah. I mean, he's agreed, you know, when it comes to concealed carry, everything else, police don't want people to have guns. That means they don't want, you know, who, who would believe that or who would follow that? Good people. Bad people do not follow that. You know, maybe we need to have a law saying carjacking is illegal. Maybe they don't realize it's illegal here because they never actually busted the guy that carjacked the mayor. What if the mayor had a firearm, huh? Here's the story. This happened Friday night. A woman was driving in the area of South 6th Avenue and East Pennsylvania Drive at 8.40 at night on Friday. And there was a shooting. Apparently a man, a male suspect still in the hospital, tried to carjack her. So police rolled up. I wonder how long it took. I guess shootings get in there right away. They found an adult male on the ground with an obvious gunshot wound, it says here. An adult female who was determined to be the shooter stayed at the scene and complied with commands from officers. Look at that, a responsible gun owner. Police detectives learned the female was leaving a store in the 4400 block of South 6th Avenue. When she attempted to close her vehicle door, the man approached with a hatchet. 
A hatchet man. It's a hatchet man. Demanded her keys. Now, what if she didn't have a firearm? Oh, you don't need a gun. You don't need a firearm. That's just terrible. What would have happened? What if she'd have had a mini baseball bat instead of a instead of a firearm? Or a river rock? So anyway, she got out her handgun and told the man to let me know. What, by the way, what wherewithal with this woman that a dude rolls up, you go to close your door, and, you know, anytime, even if it's just a random person that's asking for money, they startle you. You're like, what the hell's going on? And your guard goes up. She had enough wherewithal, enough calmness to get out her handgun and tell the man to leave. When he, and then, by the way, he didn't leave. He raised the hatchet up as if he was going to, I mean, probably kill her with the damn hatchet. That's when she shot him. Good for her. So uh, I'm calling on the mayor of Tucson and Regina Romero and the other council members, also uh, Cunningham and Kazachik and everybody else, the who, whatever, and the chief of police. They should all have a press conference and say, we now are going to enact <clears throat> common sense hatchet control. This will stop the next person that tries to attack someone with a hatchet, right? Matter of fact, we need a hatchet ban. We're going to make sure that no store in Tucson will sell a hatchet. Can't have any hatchet shows. Background checks. Background checks on deep, that. Thank you. Deep. Very, very universal background checks for hatchets. Can't sell hatchets at any more of the uh, you know, gun shows and things like that. Camping shows. Nope. Um, so again, she fired and kept the man at the scene until officers arrived. Charges for the suspect are pending upon his release from the hospital. Good for her. So this is what happens. You know, what? how do you stop a bad person with a gun? Bad person with a hatchet, bad person with a gun, bad person, whatever it is. This woman would have been a victim. Police are not bodyguards. Like, it is right here. It is all there. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Not one tweet from Chief Magnus about this. I looked for the weekend. Not one tweet from Chief Magnus about how someone can actually be responsible for themselves and not have to rely on the government. And it's not a knock at police, but again, they're not, they're not your personal bodyguards. Simple as that. Simple as that. 750. Uh, we'll get to the Tohono Autumn Nation in the next hour. I have some other uh, great news also, by the way. Do you hear how many uh, Syrian refugees were allowed in the country last year? <laughs> you wanted Trump. You got Trump. Oh, yeah. Coming up. KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Yes, yes, yes. 808 on this Monday, April 16th. Pretty cool day. Morning ritual. Garrett Lewis. KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. There are three things I think you need to know. Number one, the Comey interview. One of the things, well, he said a few things. His wife was pulling for Hillary. His family's pulling for Hillary. His wife and daughters marched in the Vagina March. 
He also said Trump is morally unfit to be president. He said he's a smart guy, above average intelligence, tracks conversations, but he's morally unfit, unlike the other presidents, like Obama, who sent Susan Rice out to lie on five Sunday shows as to why Benghazi happens and four Americans died. And Brian Terry's family, you know, Fast and Furious, totally, oh yeah. But Trump's morally unfit in this clown's eyes. Second thing I think you need to know, Red for Ed. Washington Free Beacon has a story. I have it on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like and follow it. The the teacher that is the face of Red for Ed, apparently um, he's, he's really a red guy. Big time activist, Democratic operative. A teacher as well. He he is a, um, well, he he's worked for organizations that have been started by Bernie's people, Hillary's people, uh, you name it. He's worked for organizations whose goal is to end Trumpism, and his name is Noah Carvelis. But he claims that they all claim, oh, no, 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 it's, 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 it's totally nonpartisan, and it's for the teachers, and sure. Third thing, I think you need to know, and we'll get to this in just a second, uh, Judicial Watch broke this story. Tohono Autumn Nation, right here in southern Arizona, they will not let the National Guard on their land. A high-level federal official working in the region said, quote, they told us they don't want white man on their land. And the agency, of course, is going to cater to that. More coming up. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, And apparently, if you didn't know this, this is like the most active drug smuggling area in the country. Because the drug smugglers know they're not letting anybody on their land. Why would they do this? Why? Just think about it. Should we start to ponder? Who in their right mind would say, no, 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 no. We don't want Border Patrol. We don't want National Guard. We don't want white man on our land. But we have no problem with drug smugglers, cartel guys, cartel gang members walking across our land. I mean, what's more dangerous? Now, why? Just think about it. And again, I'm I'm just speculating here. I'm just going off my gut, my experience, that kind of stuff. Why, oh, why, oh, why would they not want people, good people, law-abiding people, on the land to stop bad guys from coming across their land? Why would the Tohono O'odham Nation want that? I'm not going to say any more. I think you get the picture, right? Now, the Judicial Watch story, I'll put it on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it. I'll tweet it out, at Garrett Lewis. Follow me there. Oh, now my buddies at the uh, Pima County Sheriff's Department are tipping me off. They won't let locals on there either. It's been going on forever. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So anyway, again, it says, Tohono Odom Nation. Uh, Sources inside the U.S. Border Patrol and other law enforcement agencies working along the Arizona-Mexico border tell Judicial Watch that the tribe, Tohono O'odham Nation, has banned National Guard troops deployed by President Trump to help crack down on a crisis of drug smuggling and illegal crossings along the 2,000-mile border. Quote, they told us they don't want white men on their land, said a high-level federal official working in the region. The agency, of course, is going to cater to that. Hmm. How about that? So it says here, reservation has about 2.8 million acres. It's about the size of Connecticut. Wow, how about that? About 30,000 members, largely uh, consists of mountains and desert, making it difficult to patrol. 
And for years, it has appeared on the DEA, uh, H-I-D-T-A, that, that's uh, their, their list. That's the High Intensity Drug Trafficking Area list. So they get right through there and come up to you and me and the rest of the country. It says here, it's a significant center of illegal drug production, manufacturing, importation, and distribution. Right there on the Tohono Nation. Are they proud of that? The reservation is a primary transshipment zone for meth, cocaine, heroin, and marijuana destined for America. That's according to a DEA official. Said that in congressional testimony a few years ago. Yep. You can go to DEA.gov and look at it yourself. In 2015, Arizona led all four Border Patrol sectors in drug seizures with 928,000-plus pounds of drugs confiscated, according to agency figures. But a few years ago, the tribe prohibited Border Patrol from entering its land. Off a road in the southeastern corner of the reservation, there was a a barbed wire gate, and a handwritten cardboard sign was put up on it and said, Closed, do not open. It was posted on the fence to keep the federal agents out. Now, again, why would they want to keep the federal agents out knowing... Drug smugglers were walking across very easily, driving across, you name it. What do they have to gain by keeping the Border Patrol and National Guard out and Border Patrol for a long time and letting the cartel? It's not like they're stopping the cartel from getting their drugs across, right? Hmm. says here, This is the location used for the most trafficking drugs into the country. A frustrated longtime Border Patrol source told Judicial Watch at the time said agents assigned to the area were livid. The relationship between Border Patrol and the tribe has been stormy over the years. Accusations of human rights violations by federal agents and allegations that the agent's presence has implemented a police state. The tribe's official website says nine of its communities are located in Mexico. And they are separated by the U.S.-Mexico border. Quote, in fact, the U.S.-Mexico border has become an artificial barrier to the freedom of the Tohono O'odham, the tribe claims. What freedoms do they not have? So, yeah, the feds, uh, feds on the ground, the agents on the ground say this is a hotbed of drug smuggling. They desperately need the help of the extra manpower offered by the National Guard. A veteran agent said this week it's the most notorious area for drugs entering the country. And we will not have the National Guard assisting us. New York Times story published years ago explained the tightening of border security to the east and west after the 9-11 terrorist attacks funneled more drug traffic through the Tohono O'odham Nation. And that's why they needed more Border Patrol officers to be deployed in this crime-infested area. And the article from the New York Times also revealed that the tribe members are complicit in the trafficking business. Quote, hundreds of tribal members have been prosecuted in federal, state, or tribal courts for smuggling drugs or humans, taking offers that reach $5,000 for storing marijuana, or transporting it across the reservation, the article said. Hmm. See, I didn't want to say it out loud just yet. Quote, in a few families, both parents have been sent to prison, leaving grandparents to raise the children. The drug smugglers work for the, mainly for the notorious Sinaloa cartel, the piece revealed. That's from the New York Times January 25th, 2010. So is this why? The tribe, they're they're not getting enough money from us via tax dollars. They have to also do this too. 
So the tribe is willing to keep Border Patrol out so they can make some extra cash by smuggling drugs in, and then we go along with it? Unbelievable. 880-KNST, 880-5678. says here the government has long caved into the tribe's preposterous restrictions without even threatening to withhold federal funds. This is something I think Trump would do. Right? Why not? Going up to sanctuary cities, why not do this too? Yeah. Um, There was even an article in the Daily Star. No joke. Said the ban would apply to an area known for drug trafficking and people smuggling. So the the Honorable Nation has no problem with humans being smuggled. They They don't want it stopped. Wow. Uh, By the way, a congressional investigative report revealed more than 100,000 pounds of marijuana, 144 grams of cocaine, and 6,600 grams of meth were seized on the Tohono O'odham Nation alone. So you have that. Uh, Let's go to Colin. Colin, welcome to KNST. Thanks for waiting. Hello. How you doing? All right. I got a lot to say, but let's just sum this up. We know where to put the wall now, don't we? Yeah. You're not kidding, man. You are not we kidding. Have, we have to, you know, we have to share to this country. They have their sovereign nation, but yet they travel on our roads and use everything else, just like everybody else. So maybe we should just tax the casinos for using American currency. Maybe they should come up with their own devaluated dollar Ooh. on top of other things. Wow. Maybe we should put uh, tolls I get, I get, outside. I bet, I bet those casinos can help pay for a wall real quick with all them old people's money they take. Well, they don't take it. The old people willingly give it. That's they willingly, true. They willingly give it. It happens. I know you're fired up, man. I mean, what? Yeah, some, how about this? How about this? Uh-oh. You're not an American citizen, and you're from another nation like Mexico or a sovereign nation, and you get caught smuggling. Why don't we just, like, really slap the cuffs to them? Like, you know what? The heck with the fines. We're just going to give you 15 years for a first offense in a federal prison. <sighs> so if you want to come from another country or another nation and come over here and commit drug crimes, this is the consequence. 15 years, first offense. What would happen if you tried to smuggle drugs or humans into Mexico? You'd be in big trouble. Oh, I would be shot and killed, and my drugs would be stolen from me, and my shoes would be taken. I think you got it. I think you got it. Yeah, I'd be robbed immediately. Colin, man. I'd never never be seen again. I'm taking it. You're not going to go to the casino anytime soon. I don't gamble. And Oh, the one time I did go to the casino, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I won 1800 bucks on my first roll on a dollar machine, and I immediately went and got in my car and left. So I'm 1800 ahead of those boys. And that's a true story. Uh, dollar I put in the machine, I won 1800 bucks, filled out the tax form, and left. There you go. Oh, too much. Comment. thank you for, for chiming in. I appreciate it, buddy. Yep. Take care. I wish I was that lucky. Uh, Ken, welcome to KNST. Hello, Ken. Good morning. Hello. Hey, let's, uh, for those that don't know, the Tohono O'odham Nation owns the Desert Diamond Casinos. Let me repeat that, Desert Diamond Casinos. Uh, after your news this morning, I called the Attorney General of the nation, and uh, he was willing to talk with me. And That's cool. He said it has nothing to do with white people. It's, they don't want the National Guard there because they're not needed. Oh, they're not needed, even though yeah, it's the biggest, the job done. The, the, biggest hotbed. Biggest hotbed, and all the Border Patrol agents say they are needed, but they're not needed. 
Right, that's what he told me. And Mr. Smith, I believe he told me his name was, the Attorney General of the Tohono O'odham Nation, which owns the Desert Diamond Casinos. And like you, I don't uh, promote uh, bans on anything, but any American that goes there is a fool. There you go. You know, hang on, it wasn't... According to the, again, I just want to get the, the quote right, it was according to a federal agent, a high-level federal official working the region, quote, they told us they don't want white man on their land. He says no, the federal agent says they said white man on their land. So, they're denying it, this right. is not going to be good for them, this is not going to be good at all. And they, did you, I mean, really with a straight face, did you, did you question him, or, I mean, this is... I uh, did, yeah. And you said, you said you guys are getting the job done despite the fact this is, according to the DEA, like the biggest drug trafficking area in the country he denied it oh he even asked for the station that i heard this news on did you tell him yes oh, that's he, cool i yeah. told him to listen to you you know what you know ryan we, we need to call them over there see if they need to talk sure he, he's answered the phone right away all right well thank you i appreciate that ken yes sir take care bye bye 822 we'll continue uh, you can comment 880-KNST, 880-5678. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Talk. Hello, 828. What is going on? Windy this afternoon. Watch out for that, for allergies and everything. It's going to be about 88, 89 degrees or so. 75 tomorrow. Uh, the Red Fred story is on my Facebook page. Check that out. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty eye-opening, and I'll get to that again later on in the show. Um, we still haven't even talked about the uh, the, unbelie- the Syria bombing. Is it so old that it was Friday night? It's just my me and my bubble. Uh, anyway, 880-KNST, 880-5678. It's amazing to me. That last caller said he called the, the Tohono O'odham Nation, talked to the attorney general they have there. And they are denying the fact that they're a hotbed of drug smuggling. And they don't want anybody on their land. This is crazy. So nobody can go on their land. Again, Pima County Sheriff's uh, employees, let's just say, are telling me that they're not even allowed on the reservation. Border Patrol, not allowed on the reservation. National Guard, not allowed on it. But who's allowed on it? Drug smugglers. Drug dealers. Human smugglers. I... And, and again, the New York Times reported it. The Daily Star. People are getting paid, man. People that live on the Tonto Nation are getting paid for this. This is a story um, going back to 2006. The Arizona Daily Star, December 11, 2006. No more armed guardsmen in Tohono O'odham's uh, Pacinamo district. They banned National Guard, armed National Guard observation teams from its land. They had a district council approve a resolution forbidding armed National Guard's troops assisting Border Patrol under Operation Jumpstart from using its mountains as observation posts. This is what they're doing. They did it back 12 years ago. They're doing it again now. Yeah. Um, now, again, why? And even back, like the last sentence, this Daily, Daily Star story. The ban applies only to the, this is back in 2006, Piscinamo District, located on the Tohono O'odham Nation west of Tucson in an area known for drug trafficking and people smuggling. You can't be here to protect people. Holy smokes. Literally. Literally. 
880-KNST, 880-5678. We'll put a call in after the show to see if they would like to talk about this. Give them a chance. This is a big news story, though. Big news story. And I'll put it on my Facebook page right now, and you can comment on it there as well. Uh, We shall continue. It's 831. Um, We have some more to talk about, including, oh, I don't want to do more Comey stuff. I have other stuff I want to get to, including the fact that, how about this? Sanctuary cities. Are sanctuary cities protecting gang members? Oh, yes, they are. And I'll get to the story also, Syria. We'll get to Syria. Uh, and, and the amount of Syrian refugees on top of that, that Trump has allowed in here. Wait till you hear that number. It's all coming up right now on KNST. It's Fox. It's your wife. Do it. Day 39 on this uh, Monday, April 16th. Thanks for hanging out. Three things that I think you need to know. Uh, number one, the Comey interview. Uh, his family admitted his family and his wife. They all loved Hillary. They voted for her. He says he didn't vote. Right. Uh, and his uh, family marched in the big vagina march. Yep. And he said that Trump is unfit morally. He said he's very smart. None of this mental stuff is, you know, give me a break. It's not true. You know, the media pushed that, though, didn't they? He's crazy. He's this. He's that. No, even Comey, who hates Trump, is like, no, not true. But he says he's morally unfit for office. But says Obama and Bush, they're good. They're good, especially Obama. I mean, Benghazi, Brian Terry, Fast and Furious. All good. Second thing, you know, targeting conservatives with the IRS. That's morally okay, apparently, in Jim Comey's mind. Stephanopoulos never actually asked the question, did Hillary break laws? Hmm? What would happen if I did what Hillary did? Bye-bye. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Second thing that I think you need to know, red for Ed. That's the big movement here in Arizona. Teachers, they're all wearing red on Wednesdays. We're solidified. We're unified. It's not political. We just want to get paid. We want what's right. Well, there's a story on my Facebook page, Washington Free Beacon. The teacher that is leading the protest, yep, uh, is a Democratic operative. His name is, and he's a teacher, Noah Carvelis. He has done stuff with Hillary's people, with Bernie's people. He's worked with organizations that goal is to end Trumpism. He has managed a campaign for a Democratic wannabe politician. Yep. He said, it's not just me. Uh He's the face of it. Third thing, I think you need to know, we've been talking about this, the Tohono O'odham Nation said they will not let the National Guard, they will not let the National Guard uh, on their land. One high-ranking federal official said they told us they don't want white man on their land. And, of course, we're going to cater to that. And they have uh, their area is like the highest, or one of the highest, but it seems to be the highest, uh, area for drug trafficking because the cartels know there's nobody on there to st- on that land to stop them. And apparently there's some members of the uh, the uh, Tohono O'odham Nation that have actually gotten paid and then busted, by the way, and then arrested uh, when they got busted because they have helped out. They have hidden marijuana. They, I mean, New York Times story going back eight years ago. They had it all there. Uh, three things I think you need to know. And by the way, Ryan has actually uh, contact. We, we tried to call the attorney general. The phone's not working. So I don't know. That last caller said something. He, he, he could, like, I guess he got through somehow. Maybe he can call you back. Maybe there's a different number. But according to their website, Ryan keeps calling the number for the attorney general out there at the Tohono Nation. Can't be reached. And yeah, it's like, do, do, do. 
Maybe his phone is uh, very, very, very busy. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was weird. There's only so many ways to dial a phone number. Are you sure? More, more than okay. More than likely. Sure. Nothing. Yeah, it's really weird. Zero. So uh, either Ryan is failing. My fingers the aren't phone. that fat. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? I pushed one button at I a time. I don't know, man. You got like those Brando knuckles where you could just crush walnuts with I'll them. Brando knuckle you. Oh, my. Wait, what? Okay. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so really quick, I thought this was very interesting. The State Department put out numbers. The number of Syrian refugees allowed to come to America in 2016... 15,479, you know, that was the last year Obama was in the White House, right? So 15,479 Syrian refugees allowed to America. 2017, 3,024. That is a significant decline, isn't it? 3,024. So far in the year 2018, 11. That's right. 11. That's why Trump won the election. That was one of the reasons you voted for him, right? By the way, if you uh, go to my Twitter, at Garrett Lewis on Twitter, I retweeted Paul Bedard of the Washington Examiner. He has a picture of Bill Clinton on the streets. I'm assuming the streets of D.C., streets of somewhere, right? And uh, he has a picture of Bill Clinton... And it says, look closely. And Billy Boy is checking out a couple of chicks walking past him. And what's funny is that his fly's open. Whoops. Whoops. So there's that. Uh, by the way, there's a story also. Sanctuary cities. Now we're up to, by the way, we're up to 12. 12 cities, counties, you name in California that are uh, against the sanctuary state law. And if you don't think that this is a serious thing, city, and this is from Breitbart, Neil Monroe, a great immigration journalist. City and county governments ignored federal detainer requests. That's sanctuary. They, you, you want to detain this guy because he's here illegally? I'm not going to tell you when we release him. Forget you. Let him go. Let him go in the streets. That's offering sanctuary. So city and county governments ignored federal detainer requests and released 142 suspected members of MS-13 and other gangs in the eight months up to June of 2017. That's a report from the Department of Homeland Security. That was for the Senate Judiciary Committee. So there you go. 142. Homeland Security says cities hid 142 suspected gang members from deportation. Wow. Um, Santa Clara County in California led the pack. They released 22. Of the 127 suspected gang members, after Homeland Security asked, can you please hold them? Los Angeles released 16 suspected gangsters. Orange County, 12. Travis County in Texas released 11. Montgomery County in Maryland led the MS-13 score, releasing five of the 15 suspected MS-13 gang members that were released nationwide from October 16th to June 2017. Man, oh man, oh man. Horrible. Let's go to Dave. Dave, welcome to KNST. Hello, Dave. Hey, good morning. How's it going? All right. What's going on? Oh, not much. I just heard uh, you talking about uh, members of the TO Nation supposedly 
involved in smuggling activities. Sure. And, uh, it's nothing new. Uh, I worked for the Border Patrol in the early 2000s, and I was just sharing with your colleague uh experience of mine. Um, I pulled over a vehicle suspected of smuggling, and uh, sure enough, we had a bailout, and two of the individuals in the car were members of the Tohono O'odham Nation, and uh, one of them had been arrested twice prior by the Border Patrol, once for alien smuggling, once for narcotic smuggling that particular time we pulled it over they had 600 pounds of marijuana in the trunk mm. and uh when we had the bailout foot foot pursuit uh ensued and uh the female fired several rounds at us and ended up taking her own life what? Uh, in front of us and that was in 2004 holy smokes i wasn't here in 2004 did that make the news and, sure yep okay yeah, so this, this, remember, 2004. That's before social media and and all that really started yeah. to take off. So um, I've tried googling it recently and couldn't find it. But yep, it definitely was in the news. So uh, that was just one time. So it's it's widely known amongst Border Patrol that uh, the human smuggling, the drug smuggling, it happens right through that area. Absolutely. There's stash houses among that reservation everywhere. I mean, whatever's going on outside of the reservation near the border most certainly is going on inside the reservation near the border. So this is nothing new. This this shouldn't be shocking to anybody. Um, it's just, yeah. Did it's you, have, you ever, have, you heard of, have you ever heard of stories where... Uh, the police forces for the Tone Autumn Nation actually arrests drug smugglers and human smugglers. Have, do they ever do that or no? Uh, yeah, I believe they do. Okay, because they they quite often they'll get in uh, in vehicle pursuits on the reservation headed uh, eastbound into Tucson into you know the Three Points area. Okay, and uh, yeah, quite often that happens. Do you ever talk? Did you ever, when you were a border patrol agent? Did you ever talk to uh, the the security? On the on the reservation or no? No, I didn't work uh, west of the Babo Kivri okay. Mountains, so I just I often I just often wonder if they actually if the the police forces would actually say we would love the help, so we don't have this. Yeah, I don't know um, what their take is, but you know as well as I do, most of the ground pounders in different agencies, whether it's the local PD or state mm-hmm. or federal, most of them are pro other law enforcement yeah. helping out it's the management above or or the the puppets way above that are you know being controlled by um politicians so now i mean do you, do you really think uh, you think of this okay they, they make a lot of money from casinos they get checks every month from our government on the reservation i mean do you think that they let this happen they that the cartels they could go through because there's no border patrol or, or national guard or sheriff's deputies not allowed on their land, right? Um, right. Do you, do you th- I, do you I think, think that, they exploit yeah. things like that for sure. But do you think that the nation is really doing it because they want their people to get paid, or they just really don't want anybody on their land? I don't know. Okay, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, they've got shadow wolves there, which are you know they're they're um, equivalent to the border patrol. Um, but you know, I don't know. You, you'd have to you, honestly, you'd have to ask somebody else that's uh, a member of the reservation that okay. that has some insight in that. But 
just wanted to put it out there. This is nothing new. Um, it happens all the time. I'm sure it's still happening every day. And lack of prosecution leads to what happened to me and my partners that day. And to think that the person was arrested twice before, never saw it inside of the jail. And then that day had 600 pounds, uh, just about, you know, killed at least two of us and then ended up taking their own life. It just goes to show you that the, the system's not working. Interesting. Thank you for your experiences. I, uh, I'm glad you're safe, and uh, thank you for sharing. I appreciate it, Dave. You're welcome. Take, Take care. care. Uh, I'll get more into this story from the New York Times, January 24, 2010. Uh, it's, it's really interesting about the, uh, the tribe not letting people on their land and everything else, and they talk about the smuggling, all kinds of stuff. you got to hear it. I'll, I'll get it to you coming up on KNST. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeart radio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Yes. Hello. It is Monday, April 16th. It is your morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis. KNST AM 792 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Thank you for being here. Hope you had a fun weekend. Three things I think you need to know. How about this for number one? Rasmussen today has a poll out. Trump is at 51% approval. At the same time during Obama's presidency, April 16, 2010, Obama was at 47. Trump is four points higher. 91% of the news coverage toward Trump is negative. And he still has a, a four-point four point, uh, uh, advantage over what Obama had. But there'll be a blue wave coming. I just, again, it just doesn't add up. It just doesn't add up in my head. But what am I? I'm just a simpleton. Second thing, you shut up. Second, not you, Ryan. You, you. Second thing, I think you need to know. You. Thank you. Red for Ed. That's the big thing the teachers are doing now, wearing red for education every Wednesday to show everybody we need to make more money and we're solidified and unified and every kind of five there is. And we are being, I, I was even told by a great teacher, he's a nice guy, conservative guy at the beer club. Listen, man, the red for red thing, it is, it is a it good thing. It's for teachers. Here's information about it. They back up their stats. I'm like, it's a union back. No, 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 no. I'm like, I, man, it, and it turns out the idea for the red for red was from uh, Joe Thomas, head of the teachers union here in Arizona. I think it's Arizona Education Association. Uh, and then on top of that, one of the guys that's the face of this is a teacher, Noah Carvelis, and he has a history of being with a bunch of progressive and democratic groups to end Trumpism to promote a new Democratic bench to take out Trump. All this stuff. And he's the face of this as a teacher. Yep. Uh-huh. Third thing I think you need to know, Tohono Odom Nation has once again, and like a caller said, it's not new. They said no National Guard on our land. They said the same thing 12 years ago. But this time, apparently, a federal official told Judicial Watch, we were told by the Tohono Odom Nation they don't want white men on their land. End quote. Three things I think you need to know, and I have that on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it, everything else. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, really quick, and I'll get to the story in just a second. Well, so, you know what? Okay, I'll, I was going to play a Comey soundbite because I think it's just funny already. Just, just, just one, just one, yeah. And then I'll get to the story from the New York Times eight years ago where they talk about the Tohono Autumn Nation being a major corridor for drug cartels, human smuggling, you name it. Can you play number 19 real quick? This just show, you know, shows you. 
Stephanopoulos, again, former press secretary for Bill Clinton. Very tight with Hillary. Was on the Clinton Foundation on the board. You'd think maybe he would say something like, did Hillary commit a crime? One of those questions. He he basically was kind of browbeating Comey for going after Hillary so hard. The beginning of the interview, if you didn't hear it, consisted of James Comey making fun of the way Donald Trump looks. Uh, you know, when you first saw him, what'd you think? What'd you see? Listen to this. He had impressively coiffed hair that looks to be all his. I confess I stared at it pretty closely. And my reaction was... Must take a lot of time in the morning. His tie was too long, as it always is. He looked slightly orange up close with small white um, half moons under his eyes, which I assume are from tanning goggles. Now, if somebody was on my show, I'm just telling you as a, as a talk show host. If somebody was on my show and they started saying those kinds of things, I would say something to the effect of, is that appropriate? What does that have to do with anything right now? Do you think attacking the president's looks, calling him orange, his hair, his ties too long, do you think that helps your case? But Stephanopoulos just took it. No challenge, nothing at all. Just something I wanted to bring to your attention. Uh, I don't think it helped him. Even the, I mean, the media is not even like, oh my God, this was so great. This is the best. Nothing. Just like the Stormy Daniels interview. Well, yeah. So anyway, let's go back to uh, January 24th, 2010, a New York Times story. In drug war, tribe feels invaded by both sides. Wow, how about that, huh? They talk about the Tohono O'odham Nation. Straddling 75 miles of the border of Mexico, few residents leave their homes at sundown. The roads crawl with the trucks of Border Patrol agents who stop unfamiliar vehicles, scrutinize back roads for footprints, and hike into the desert wilds to intercept smugglers carrying marijuana on their backs, and droves of migrants trying to make it north. Now, they wouldn't be there just because, right? Anyway, uh, it says here, Marla Henry, 38, chairwoman of Chukutkuk District. People will knock on your door, flash a wad of money, and ask if you can drive this bale of marijuana up north. Whoa. Hmm. Really? It says here, the land is swar- swarming with outsiders. Residents are afraid to walk in the hollow desert, and some members, lured by drug cartel cash in a place of high unemployment, are ending up in prison. Hmm. So that's going to do this stuff, right? The tightening of border security to the east and west, which started in the 90s, intensified after 9-11, funneled more drug traffic through the Tonauta uh, Reservation, federal officials said, especially more marijuana. This is eight years ago. A record 319,000 pounds of marijuana were seized on the reservation in 2009, up from 201,000 pounds from the previous year. Okay, so you have all this stuff. Hundreds of tribal members have been prosecuted in federal, state, or tribal courts for smuggling drugs or humans, taking offers that reach $5,000 for storing marijuana or transporting it across the reservation. In a few families, both parents have been sent to prison, leaving grandparents to raise their children. Mrs. Henry said people are afraid if they say no, they'll be threatened by the cartel. So then why wouldn't, why wouldn't the tribe, the Tohono Nation say, we need your help? We need your help. And we'll keep calling them if a number ever gets through to ask them this. Now, again, a listener said he called in, he got through to the attorney general over there at Tohono Nation, and he denied this. It wasn't true. Everything's safe. 
Ned Norris Jr., the tribal chairman, this is eight years ago. It says here, the once placid reservation feels like a militarized zone, he said. He says they, the tribe must cooperate to stem the cartels. Drug smuggling is a problem we didn't create, but now we're having to deal with the consequences. Yeah, you know what? I didn't create illegal immigration. I got to deal with this also. Right? Many residents live in fear of the smugglers, the hordes of migrants who lurk around their homes. I mean, they live in fear. And also being subjected to a humiliating search by federal agents. The elderly avoid the desert. So do I, even in the daytime. Because they might stumble upon a cache of marijuana or drug mules hiding in the desert. Okay. We can't even go out to collect wood for the stove, said Verna Miguel, 63. Traumatized three years ago when a group of migrants forced her to stop on a road, beat her, and stole her vehicle. Again, shouldn't that be enough cause to say, let's have the National Guard up here. Let's have everybody we can up here. Ms. Miguel said, we've always picked saguaro fruits and choya buds, but now we don't dare do that. Now we don't dare do that. Hmm. So I don't, I don't get it. The drug smugglers, mainly working, and again, this is eight years old, mainly working for the Sinaloa cartel, officials said, place scouts for a day at a time on mountainsides with night vision goggles, monitoring the movements of Border Patrol, all this stuff. So it goes back and forth that way. Blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, everything about this says, why not say, we, will, we would love your help if we could make everything safe. I mean, let's just say this is your neighborhood. Would you not want the police there? Would you not want more people to make sure that the bad people stay away? The bad people get caught? Right? Um, Many tribal members, it says here, see the federal presence as a mixed blessing at best. Ophelia Rivas, 53, is an Indian rights advocate, rare border dissenter who agreed to speak to a reporter. She said most families in border villages, including her own, had a relative imprisoned for drug offenses, but that such individuals should not be blamed for the lack of legal jobs. She's criticized tribal leaders for acquiescence to what she calls an oppressive federal occupation. I don't think that anybody wants to occupy anybody's land anymore. Federal law officials praise the tribe for its cooperation. Really? Border Patrol has fielded community relations officers to minimize frictions. Even Mr. Norris, the tribal chairman, said he had been stopped and questioned. Quite frankly, the people are getting sick of it. But he added smuggling was uh, beyond the tribe's ability to control. So there you go. Uh, listen, it's it's really uh, it's really disturbing. And again, they seem to say, that at least they told a listener, hey, it's not true. It's not true. Everything's fine here. We're not, we're not a major zone. We're not a major drug smuggling area. Give me a break. 919. We'll continue. You can comment if you like. 880-KNST. 880-5678. There is much more that I have to share with you. We have to talk about Syria. I put some... Um, I put some... Some questions out there on Facebook. On Friday night, we had live coverage here on KNSD AM790. And some people got upset. Some people liked it. Some people got upset. Trump bombing Syria. Do you think it was necessary? Was it needed? We'll get to that and also your comments about the tribe as well. 
right here on we're back in four knst am 790 tucson's most stimulating talk 925 thanks for hanging out on this uh, monday april 16th it's going to be windy this afternoon there's an alert out watch out for the wind and the dust and everything else it gets in your chest and makes you sick Sunny hive, about uh, 88, 89 degrees, upper 80s, probably being the low 90s when it's all said and done because that's just what happens. And I have to tell the story one more time. I just If you missed it, this one more time, I'm so proud of this. My son, five-year-old Grayson, has officially become one of me. Right? Really quick. We invited... A friend and her son, who's my son's like best friend, over for dinner last night. And my son is playing with this uh, this other boy, Brody is his name. You know what's crazy? His parents named him after Martin Brodeur. The dad is a Devils fan, which is horrible to begin with. And they named him Brodeur. So they call him Brody. And I say it's horrible because it's a Devils thing. At the same time, I'm really jealous because I wanted to name... My son after Islanders players, and I was overruled. Anyway, so uh, my son and Brody are playing outside, inside, everywhere, but they're playing outside. And I said, all right, guys, dinner's almost ready. I grilled a steak. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Wash your hands, everything, blah, blah, blah. So as I'm cutting up the steak, uh, Brody sits down in the kitchen island, and he says, hey, I washed my hands. I'm all good. And my son has a meltdown. No, 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 no. You have to do it again. You are outside cleaning up, and your hands touch the ground. They touch the, the concrete. And it's dirty. You have to. And my, my wife's like, Grayson, calm down. He goes, no, mom, no. His hands are dirty. He has to watch them again. And I'm like, and then at that point, my wife and Brody's mom are staring at me. Like, do you realize you've just screwed up your kid for life? And I'm thinking as they're staring at me, I've just made my kid better for life. So um, he has become me, which is awesome. And then Brody's just confused, looking at me like I washed my hands. But why is, why is my friend yelling at me? And I'm like, hey. Just go wash your hands, make him happy. And he went and washed his hands. I told this story to uh, one of the people here, and he told me that I'm making my kid into uh, a mental case. Like I'm giving him a sickness in the head, and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm preventing him from getting sick. I'm like, yes, when you touch the, the cement outside, it's dirty, it's gross. And my question is always this. I'm always proven right, because would you go lick the ground would you go lick the concrete outside and i'm pretty sure the answer is no would you suck on paper money no so there you go i win you can't argue with that do i have to talk about uh syria i was very skeptical of of, of what trump did let me just tell you my post cuz i think i make all the points in the post okay it was a great post. And I wrote, bombing Syria is very complex. I didn't think that Russia was going to start a war with us. I don't think Syria is going to start a war with us. Nothing like that's going to happen. Russia warned us ahead of time, if you do anything, watch out. We're going to strike back. They didn't strike back. Now Putin's like, you do it again. We're going to strike back. Sure you. Okay, whatever. And then there's stories about him moving um, uh, big ships, you name it, carriers to the Middle East. All right, whatever. We'll see. So, my question was this, again, because Trump for years said, don't do Syria, Obama, when he was just regular Don Trump. Get out of Syria. It's stupid. It's dumb. It's this. I, and, and I can only imagine once you become president, you're privy to information that none of us ever see. You see pictures. 
you see, I mean, it makes you sick, makes you disgusted, right? If, if, if kids are gassed to death, you see that you want, you want to enact some kind of revenge, but is it worth American blood, treasure, anything like that? Is it, or is America at risk? The world is full of dictators. Are we going to start bombing every place that does something really bad? And then I look back and say, what if we had that attitude about Hitler? But then I don't always buy that because Hitler wanted to take over the world in that aspect. Hitler was on the march trying to take over Europe. It would have been a real threat to America. What happens if Assad is taken out? Who fills the vacuum? Terrorists. There's no government there. The Middle East, aside from Israel, they don't recognize democracies. They don't want democracies. They, that's, not how they, that's not how they live. So, we still haven't seen the proof, by the way. Trump said it. There's proof. Syrians did this. Or where's the proof? Now we believe it. I know it's Don, but now we believe the government and all this stuff. Anyway, so I wrote that. Who fills the void if Assad fails? Does that leave America in a better place? Now, he didn't, if he falls, I mean, he didn't, he didn't fall. Now, it turns out they, according to the government, did precision strikes to where the chemical weapons are made. I've read where a story where half of them were, were taken out. Is it going to stop him? I don't know. If it was just, if it was just to take out just those particular buildings so they can't make the chemical weapons, is that okay? Do we start doing that all over the world? Was there more to this? And this is what I thought of also. We have Don meeting in the next month or two, Kim Jong-un. Don can't look weak. He threatened Assad, said, don't do this again. If he doesn't follow through, does that make him look weak in the eyes of Kim Jong-un and China before the meeting? That's something we need to think about. That's what I'm saying. It's much more complex than we thought. Does it make us look weak in front of Russia, in front of Putin's eyes, if this happens? By the way, the fact that Trump bombed Putin's buddy, Assad, doesn't that put enough out there to put to rest the whole idea that Russia and Trump were in cahoots together? So if Trump doesn't bomb Syria, are we looked at as weak? Can we be taken advantage of? You know, the way Obama was. So if you didn't really agree with bombing Syria because you didn't think it was worth it, are you okay because the bombing showed us to be powerful to stick it to Kim Jong-un and China and Russia. I saw immediately on social media, Friday night, a lot of people voted for Trump because he didn't want us in stupid wars. I don't think this is going to be a war, but they started freaking out. Oh my God, here we go. Good luck in 2020, buddy. Not voting for you again. You know, out of war, you're going to start a war again. I don't think he's starting a war. Syria's not starting a war with us. Not at all. So anyway, you can comment on that, 880-KNST, 880-5678. I have much more to get to as well. Um, speaking of people, I'm not quite as sick as this person. Now, I could be a big germaphobe and stuff like that. I'm getting hit up now on my email and stuff like that. Uh, however, there are people that think that we are literally destroying the planet as well. Did you hear about this one guy that killed himself in the name of climate change? Did you hear about this? Holy smokes, we'll get to this. All your reaction in about five, right now on KNST, it's Fox. Third, 940, three things I think you need to know on this 16th day of April, on this Monday. Number one, Trump is at 51% approval in Rasmussen, four points up of where Obama was at the same time in his presidency, April 16, 2010. It's kind of a big deal, isn't it? 
Comey interview, everything. Daily poll, he's still at 51. But Obama was the best, and Obama had 90, probably 98% positive coverage in the news, too. Trump has 91% negative. I'm just putting out facts. They're just there. Say If you hate Trump, you hate what I say, you think I'm a kiss butt, you know what? I don't care. That's your problem. Second thing, I think you need to know uh, the red for Ed. You keep hearing in the news, where's the money coming from? They're kind of explaining it, kind of not, whatever. Teachers are skeptical. And, you know, as soon as the teachers said, oh, we want more than just the 20% pay increase, which I never heard of until they got it, until Ducey's like, here, you, I'll give it to you. Then all of a sudden they want everybody else to get paid and everything else, and there's got to be more behind it. And it turns out there's a story from the Free Beacon. I have it on my Facebook page, on my Twitter feed. The Red for Ed, the teacher that is the face of it, and he's a teacher. It turns out he has been behind a lot of Democratic and progressive causes. He has worked for Hillary's people, for Bernie's people, volunteered for other organizations whose job is to end Trumpism. So don't, you know, even teachers, I feel bad for that. We're told this is, you know, nonpartisan and just for teachers. No, it's not. It never is. Third thing I think you need to know, and I have this on my Facebook page too, uh, Judicial Watch has the story about the Tohono O'odham Nation telling Border Patrol, no National Guard on our land, not happening. And a high-ranking official said they told us they don't want white men on their land. Oh, shit, here we go. I know. It's yeah. out. Race war. Isn't that nice? Three things I think you need to know. But again, they're, they're like the major drug smuggling spot in the country, like the hottest one there is. So there's that. Now... There's this story that I saw, because now I'm getting hit up with everything, by the way. And, you know, at least there's some positive in here, too. Like, here's one particular email as I'm getting made fun of about my hand-washing story. Years ago, there was a story, hand-washing prevents disease. Hospital workers spread disease by not following proper hand-washing protocols and by not wearing gloves when touching patients. This is a follow-up, of course, of what, you know, my son has become me. Friday, we talked about the hand dryers, the study that says they blow around feces. You're, you're putting feces on your hand. When you, they blow feces on your hand and stuff like that. It's gross. Now, I'm not this much of an extremist, but did you hear about this guy? Uh, New York Daily News had this story. And this is like, I mean, this is dedication right here. Will Leo DiCaprio do this? Famed gay rights lawyer sets himself on fire at Prospect Park in New York City in protest suicide against fossil fuels. He literally is so against the use of fossil fuels that he used fossil fuels to kill himself. Yep. He wanted this to be a wake-up call to save the planet. Yeah, it's not really going to work. The charred remains of David Buckle, 60, were discovered shortly after sunrise when firefighters responded to a 6.40 a.m. blaze in the southwest corner of the sprawling Brooklyn Park. He left a handwritten suicide note. Yeah. It was near the blackened circle of grass that he used to set himself on fire. I mean, do you think at some point he's like, man, this is a wrong move? Anyway, the note said, I am David Buckle, and I just killed myself by fire as a protest suicide. I apologize to you for the mess. I swear to God, he said, he put that, he wrote that down. I apologize to you for the mess. A second note, which was longer, 
was left in uh, was left with the first inside an envelope marked quote for the police. And the note said that he doused himself in fossil fuel before starting the fatal fire as a metaphor for the destruction of the planet. I mean, this is a real sicko right here. Quote, my early death by fossil fuel reflects what we are doing to ourselves. A lifetime of service may best be preserved by giving a life. Honorable purpose in life invites honorable purchase in death. Excuse me? I hope it's an honorable death, he wrote, that might serve others. You know, I talked about this for a while, because there are some people that think climate change is caused by humans, and there's too many humans, and we need to limit the amount of humans that are on the planet. And I always say, well, why don't they off themselves first? This is the first guy that actually did it. But he's not saying there's too many people. He's saying we're using too many fossil fuels. Uh, he compared his suicide to those that set themselves on fire to protest China's occupation of Tibet. That's what he said. That's what he said. Um, he wrote, This is not new, as many have chosen to give a life based on the view that no other action can most meaningfully address the harm they see. I mean, he, he went all the way. Dedication. Devotion. Turning on the night. Okay. He wrote, here's, I mean, and this guy died, but you got to be really messed up in the head to be like, okay. And that's why I'm not trying to be a sycophant here or anything like that. But like, as he's burning to death, is he like, not worth it? Bad choice. Yeah, wrong move. What do I do now? Like, you are really into it. If you're like, out of all, I mean, if you ever think about ways to die, like burning to death has got to be excruciating, man. That's not on my list. I mean, that, I mean, think about when you burn yourself, but you burn your finger or something like that. It's, it sucks. Like, I can only say, that, this is a funny story, because it didn't happen to me. When we lived in Waco, we were having a Labor Day party, because we had no kids. <laughs> we were able to have, you know, fun. And um, I, I worked that day. My wife had the day off, and she actually mowed the lawn. And we had a, a, a swinging garage, the circular drive, not the circular drive, but we had grass on one side of the driveway, grass on the other side. And one of the sides was kind of narrow. But I was a stickler for you you'd mow your grass vertically, the next time horizontally, and the next time diagonally to help it grow better. So my wife, you know, she thought she was doing something great. She mowed the lawn so I didn't have to come home and do it. So I could just come home and get ready for the party. And of course, me being a man, I saw that she, rode, she mowed the big part horizontally and instead of just doing a lot of turns to make the other, you know, narrower side horizontal, she did vertical just to get it over with. And the first thing I said was not, thanks for doing this. It was, you're supposed to mow that horizontally. Bad move. <laughs> so she got upset. And while pushing the lawnmower back into the garage, she wanted it to be against the wall. She put her hand on the hot part of the engine to push it and had like third degree burns on all of her fingertips. So I had to take her to urgent care. And of course, that was my fault again, too, because she never would have done that if I didn't say anything, which is really not true. But I wasn't going to argue that one either. Stop right? trying to help. I know. Yeah. And at the same time, I didn't want to say anything, but I'm like, because I don't want anything bad to happen to my wife. But you be the judge of this. When we first got married, um, our home, we, we were gone for like three weeks. We had like a two week honeymoon. Did we have a two week? No, we have a, no two weeks. We have two weeks week honeymoon and the week for the wedding and building up and everything, right? 
So we drove to Waco together because she wasn't moving down unless she had a ring on her finger, which I totally get, and a wedding band. So as soon as we moved down there, drove down there, the lawn was like a foot high. And I'm like, we need a lawnmower. So she goes with me. Uh, I bought it at Sears. And I look at the guy and I said, all right, where's your self-propelled mowers? And my wife, knowing nothing about lawnmowers, said, self-propelled? What? I said, don't, don't worry. She goes, you don't need a self-propelled. I go, it's not a ride-on mower. It's, you just, it's self-propelled. No, no. Oh, I, my gosh. You, we don't need to spend the extra money on that. And I'm like, it's, it's, 50, it's 50 bucks more. What? You need the exercise. And I'm thinking, holy crap, this is, Mariana. we just got married. And I'm like, what? And then the guy, by the way, is staring at me like, dude, I totally get it, and I'm not getting involved. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. No, blah, 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 blah. So I said, you know what? I'm thinking, I'll win something in return. This is marriage. Just getting used to it. Fine. I'll get a push mower. And we got it. And her dad said to her, because dad called one day, a few days later, and I said, oh, yeah, 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 your daughter made me buy a push mower instead of self-propelled. He said, what? And he said, what's wrong with you? Why wouldn't you get a self-propelled? I didn't know what it was. I'm like, it's okay. It's what she wanted. So, you know, a few years later, when she burned her fingertips by pushing that non-self-propelled mower, I don't want to say karma, but yeah. So anyway, that basically, here's the story. Here's the moral of the story. One, again, there's no talking to women. I mean, it's just insane. Two, she burned her fingertips. This guy burning himself alive or to death, it's got to hurt. It's got to hurt, you know? I love this. Wait, what's three? That, that's it. I only got two. Bicyclist Ramin <laughs> Pavlovich of Brooklyn, 43, said, quote, that's definitely some kind of statement. <laughs> <laughs> He did it right out in the open, near the main entrance, not tucked away in the park. Wow. Uh, jogger stumbled across the remains. We were a little freaked out. Do you think any of here's the thing, and this guy's too dead to know this, but do you think anybody's going to change their lifestyle based on that? Man, this guy killed himself. I'm not going to drive a car anymore. No, not going to work that way. Uh, he took pains to make sure first responders knew who he was and what his, what his uh, motives were when they answered the 911 call. He stapled his business card to the handwritten note and went into great detail in the second note, a neatly typed explanation of his decision to take his own life. Uh, the envelope hiding both notes was placed inside a garbage bag, left inside a shopping cart near the body. Oh, yeah. Uh, he wrote, pollution ravages our planet, oozing inhability, uh, inhabitability via air, soil, water, and weather. Our present grows more desperate. Our future needs more than what we've been doing. Yet again, what killed him? Himself. It wasn't the earth. It wasn't the climate. He literally set himself on fire. But he claims that we are all going to kill ourselves by the way we live. I don't think so. He was a well-known environmental activist. He was a senior organics recovery coordinator with the New York City Compost Project. Bet that smelled good. Yeah. Um... Mm hmm. This is a mental illness right here. A plastic ID with his name and photo were also recovered. At the, I mean, he wanted to make sure he knew people knew who he was. So there you go. You know, I wonder if he could be compounded now. Right. He's organic, isn't composted. he? Composted. Composted. I'm sorry. What is it? Compounded? Do you like Com taxes? It's taxes. <laughs> composted. I wonder if he'd be composted.
because yeah, he he's, still can. he's organic, right? Yeah. You might as well just mush him up. He should have requested that. Please grind me up, put me in the soil so I can help the earth. Under a nice tree. Right? <laughs> can you imagine if something grew on it and you ate it? You'd be like eating a person. 9.53. Yeah, I'm really late. We got to go. Uh, it's KNST. Eo Station. Making noise over a soundproof booth. I'm Rich Dennison, Fox News. A government watchdog says the EPA broke the law. Fox's Jared Halpern joins us live from Capitol Hill. A $43,000 soundproof privacy booth built for EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt violated federal spending law. That's the conclusion of the Government Accountability Office. The GAO says federal law prohibits agencies from sending more than $5,000 for office improvements without first informing Congress. The EPA has defended the need for the privacy booth so Pruitt can make secure phone calls to President Trump. Rich. Jared, President Trump is in Hialeah, Florida for a roundtable on the Republican tax reform package. This is the last time you're going to fill up that long, complicated, horrible return. The president saying most tax returns next year will fit on one page or one postcard. Later today, the president heads to his private Florida estate where he'll meet with Japan's leader tomorrow. Officials in Britain reacting to Friday's Allied missile strikes on Syria in response to a suspected chemical attack. Fox's Simon Owen joins us live from London. Rich British Prime Minister Theresa May explaining to Parliament why the UK joined the US and France in launching airstrikes at Syria. May rejecting claims from the opposition leader here that she was simply following orders from the White House. So we have not done this because President Trump asked us to do so. We have done it because we believed it was the right thing to do, and we are not alone. The Prime Minister is taking heat for not giving lawmakers a vote on the military action before it happened. Opposition leader Jeremy Corbyn calling the airstrikes legally questionable. Rich? Simon, Wall Street appears to be heading to a positive start to the week as the tension over the attack on Syria appears not to be escalating. All three major indexes currently trading higher, the Dow up 297 points at this hour. Fox News. There. And balanced.